Are you ready to take your intermittent fasting lifestyle to the next level? There's nothing better than community to help with that. In the Delay Don't Deny community, we all embrace the clean fast, and there's just the right support for you as you live your intermittent fasting lifestyle. You can connect directly with me in the Ask Jen group, and I'll answer all of your questions personally. If you're new to intermittent fasting or recommitting to the intermittent fasting lifestyle, join the 28-Day Fast Start group. After your fast start, join us for support in the first-year group. Need tips for long-term maintenance? We have a place for that. There are many more useful spaces beyond these, and you can interact in as many as you like. Visit jenstevens.com community to join us. An annual membership costs just over a dollar a week when you do the math. If you aren't ready to fully commit for a year, join for a month, and you can cancel at any time. If you know you'll want to stay forever, we also have a lifetime membership option available. IF is free. You don't need to join our community to fast. But if you're looking for support from a community of like-minded intermittent fasters, we're here for you at jenstevens.com community. That's jenstevens.com community. Achieving my long-term goals is more about creating healthy habits and less about quick fixes. And that's why I love both intermittent fasting and daily harvest. Tim Spector, a gut health expert and founder of Zoe, and Dr. B, gastroenterologist and author of Fiber Fueled, recommend that you aim for at least 30 unique plant foods per week. Daily Harvest helps make it easy. One of my favorite options is the sweet potato and wild rice hash harvest bowl. With Daily Harvest, I'm getting tons of plant-based options built on organic fruits and vegetables that are easy to prep and free of weird ingredients such as fillers, seed oils, and added sugars. Create healthy habits that last with Daily Harvest. For a limited time only, go to dailyharvest.com ifstories to get $30 off your first box plus free shipping. That's dailyharvest.com ifstories for $30 off your first box and free shipping. Daily harvest.com slash is stories. Welcome to Intermittent Fasting Stories. I'm your host, Jen Stevens, author of the New York Times bestseller, Fast Feast Repeat, as well as the book that started it all, Delay Don't Deny. I lost over 80 pounds thanks to intermittent fasting after learning how to delay my eating rather than denying myself the delicious foods I want to eat. Now, Who's ready to hear an inspirational intermittent fasting story? That's why we're here. So let's get excited to talk to today's guest. Hi, everybody, and welcome to episode 191 of Intermittent Fasting Stories. Today, I'm here with Stacy Mikalek. Stacy lives in Cedar Rapids, Iowa, and she is a flight attendant for Southwest Airlines. Welcome, Stacy. Hi, thanks for having me. Well, I'm so glad to talk to you today. How's the weather up there? It got cold real quick. It got cold really quick. It was it was like warm and we were in shorts like 10 days ago, and now we're officially in hats and boots and coats now. So We're we're recording this in October, so I'm like very all you know like fall always surprises me here yeah, in Georgia because it's, it's probably like, still warm down there well I just had to put on a sweatshirt because it's actually colder inside my house than outside my house I was outside on the screen porch and then I came inside and I was like burr so yeah it, it is it's not I'm just hope we always just kind of hope here in Iowa to squeak past Halloween so our kids don't have to wear coats over their costumes oh yeah and yeah. then after that it can do whatever I was going to do for winter so but, but the looks beauty like is when this one comes out, it'll be spring coming. I know. So. <laughs> it's supposed to be 50 and full of sun on Sunday. So I'm hoping that's just warm enough that they can go around the neighborhood and collect all their candy. Yep. <laughs> awesome. Well, you know, I like to start by asking what brought you to intermittent fasting and when was that? Officially, it was 2017 when I started. It would have been September, but I had played with it a while back. I remember and I couldn't remember the guy's name and you mentioned it in a podcast a while back. It was the Men's Health Guy, the yellow book. And he's on yeah, it. Yeah, oh, his last name di- starts with a Z. It's like some kind of, I can never say it. 
Yes. With a Z. And it yeah. was called the eight hour diet. And I remember picking that book up and I've dieted all my life. So I was always looking for something. I was like, Oh, what's this eight hours? Well, for me, just true to my fashion of what I like to do is I like to just kind of skim things and get the cliff notes out of it without reading the details. And so I was like, <laughs> I can eat whatever I want for eight hours. This is amazing. And I tried it. And of course, that week, I probably gained five pounds because I was eating like buffalo wild wings and just whatever I could put in my mouth in eight hours. Well, he actually says that in the book. He says you can do that. Yeah, that, that's what I was <laughs> so doing. even if you had read the whole thing, <laughs> you got it. Yeah, I had it down. And I was like, well, yeah. this doesn't work. This is stupid. And so I probably found another way to lose weight, uh, Weight Watchers, or um, I was a beach body coach for several years. So there was always something that I was doing. And then I... I don't know if it was because like Big Brother or what I was shopping for. Melanie Avalon's first edition of her What When Wine diet came, her book popped up and it stands out. I mean, she's like, it's all pink and it's like a pink fridge and she's in like this like apron or something. I don't know what she is. Right. She was wearing an apron. And, yeah. <laughs> and so um, I saw the wine. I, I, I do enjoy my wine. And I was like, you can. So it's a wine diet is what I kind of got from. I read that. And again, you know, she's um, gets a lot more sciencey with her details, but I loved the book and I understood the concept a lot better by reading that book. And there were still some chapters that it kind of went over my head and I skimmed by, but I understood it more. And so I can't wait to tell Melanie this. I know, you know, and I've actually talked to her because I suggested when I started my group in 2017, I had told them, go and buy this book. This is where I'm getting my information because it was still on my phone in my Kindle. Well, a girl went to go buy it and it was like $300 or something. I think, yes, I know. I know why. Do, <laughs> do you, you know, know why? Yes, I yeah. do know why. So I wrote to her and I said, you know, I, I don't know if you'll write me back or not, but I'm trying to get people to buy your book for my group so we can start this intermittent fasting thing. And your book is so expensive. Like I bought it for $9 or something. And then she could, and then she told me the reason that she was re uh, she was redoing it and it was going under a label. Isn't that it? She, did she do it herself the first time? Yes. Both okay. of us self-published our first books. Yes. So she self-published What When Wine. I self-published Delayed on Deny. And then she went through a traditional publisher to put out, you know, the the newer edition. And so it was taken off, you know, out of sale while it was being revamped for that period of time. And so all the, the people who had like the old copies were like, buy this for $300. <laughs> I, yeah. <laughs> I was laughing. I was like, okay, so it actually helped me because when I started the book, a lot of people, I've always run fitness groups because like I said, with Beachbody, and I'm not a coach anymore, but when I was, you were always running fitness groups. So I had a lot of people that were always asking me for advice on how to lose weight. And I had lost weight with both of my kids through Beachbody programs. So in like March or so of 2017, those, those programs just for me were not were no longer working. Like I didn't want to calorie count anymore. I didn't want to do the containers anymore. I was just over all of it. But I still really like their workout programs. It kind of keeps me going sometimes. You know, like I, when I'm when I need to find something to do. And I start somebody's like, you should try macros. And I was like, okay, what's macros? So I I look up macros and I did all the things for macros. And that whole summer I didn't gain weight. And I felt like I was eating a lot of food and that might work for people. But for me, I needed something faster because I had only lost, I think that whole summer, like three pounds. See, you, so, you're like me and Melanie. Yeah, We I, like to eat large volumes of food. Yes. Yes, I do. I can really out eat a lot of my, fr- my male yep. friends. <laughs> I think so, I eat more than Chad, like then, honestly. I think yeah, I did. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I definitely, I remember I got a plate of lasagna or a plate of pasta one time for myself and my husband kind of like went to reach his hand out and I was like, what are you doing? I'm like, this is mine. And he's like, you're eating all that? <laughs> yeah, I, I am. And as a matter of fact, yes. So when her, when we couldn't get that book for people to read it, I had to find ways for people to understand what I was doing. And I'm more of a visual person. So I went on YouTube and I started finding people that like just watching all the videos. I had to 
make it simple for my friends to understand make the videos short because they don't want to watch an hour long video on things. So I found a couple people on YouTube I really liked that was explaining it the way I wanted it to be explained. And then I also had like a intermittent fasting 101 quick references for people, how I was understanding and how it was working for me. And so I kind of hit the ground running right away with fasting. I went right to, to 20 and four. My magic time kind of was like 6 p.m. to 10 p.m. And I just had a I called it my cheeseburger diet for the longest time because that's what I was eating every <laughs> night. I was like, I can finally have cheeseburgers. This is great. I'm not measuring out brown rice and chicken. And so I'd have that and a couple glasses of wine. And I think the first like nine weeks, I lost about 15 pounds. Wow. So it's so funny that you called it the cheeseburger diet because there was a period of time when I was, you know, I talked about this in Delay Don't Deny when I was doing that crazy five bite diet. Which one? The five bite diet. Oh, where you okay. Ate five bites of food. Yeah, and you talk about the rice <laughs> diet in that book too, right? Yep, 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 yep I yep. do that. <laughs> yep. But then the five bite diet, I figured out that I could eat like a cheeseburger in five bites. Yeah, <laughs> right. You really can get so it done pretty it, easily. Yeah, yeah, I called it Jen's favorite cheese. Jen's Jen's famous cheeseburger diet, and and it was in a few of the little groups I was in, and. That is so funny. And now I like, I still love cheeseburgers, but I don't eat them even every week anymore. But <laughs> yeah, I was on like the quest for the best cheeseburger. And I think I kind of did, I overdid it for myself. Now I'm kind of on a, a pasta kick right now. But yeah, it's so that people will join. And it was first like just 50 people. And then friends started adding more friends and things like that. And it, it grew. And then my group in 2017 was uh, called Life in the Fasting Lane. So suddenly, all of a sudden, you know, Jason Bunn comes out with this book and people are trying to find his group on Facebook and they're coming across mine. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, I, I don't know <laughs> if you're coming here for like a doctor's <laughs> opinion and to know all the, the you know, answers to questions. I'm not going to know this stuff. So, you know, when you join a group that you, you do the questions Right. That they check. And of course, like, when you first started it in 2017, they didn't have questions. Remember those days? Yeah. Yeah. He, they didn't have the questions at the time. And so then when I figured out that they did, I now have to put, you know, that I'm not affiliated with his book, him, you know, nothing about him is in this group. But still, I have probably like 10 people coming to my group each week. And it's a quiet group, but I definitely try to answer all the questions that people have and welcome people when they come and and things like that. So I still that's try just so funny that they because their book came out in 2020, Life in the Fasting Lane. It was 2020, so you were just quietly. Existing I was. I had my Facebook own Instagram for three page years. With it. Like nothing was popping up. So I, I was like, "Well, did you copyright it?" I'm like, "Why would I copyright a, a group of 50?" friends yeah it's really not as easy as that you can't copyright the name of something like that like I I got deep into all that you can trademark things but it has to be like in certain you can only trademark it in certain ways and you can't trademark a title of a book yeah I mean I think that he just came across my group and hijacked my name I'm pretty sure of it well it wasn't (laughs) even him I am pretty sure he didn't name it I it was Eve that Eve is I think the main writer of that I, I can't think of her last name. And then, you know, he and Megan Ramos added to it. But it's, he's not the main contributor to that book. That's like his assistant, right, Megan? Me- yes, she's, she, yep, she works with him very closely with intensive dietary management. And Eve was just someone in their community that had success. And so it's, I, she's the main writer of it, The Life in the Fasting Lane. She may have had a podcast with that same name. I'm not really sure. But it is a great name, and I love that you had it first. Yeah, and, I, and <laughs> I'm not like going to change it. Just like we had the first it. one meal a day group on Facebook in 2015. It, you know, that mm-hmm. was the first one. Same yeah. kind of a thing. Yeah, and now you're yeah. not on your um, your Facebook anymore, right? No, nope, not at all. Yeah, for y'all, yeah. you're just uh, mediators. And they still run it really well, too. I mean, like, I don't know if you got off Facebook altogether, but it's still a really great group to reference. And I tell people to join those groups just to get – because they're bigger groups, too. I mean, they're up to – 200,000 and so yeah, I think it might be up to 370,000 in the delay don't deny intermittent fasting support I have amazing moderators and they love to give back because fasting has changed their life just like you they they feel the same way as you that fasting changed their life and they want to give back in a, in a safe place and so they've kind of found their niche 
in in the delay don't deny group and so we have ask a moderator every day and so people can ask a question and the moderators will answer them but i am completely off facebook when i said i'm leaving in march i wasn't kidding yeah well that's good i mean and I, the only thing that keeps me even on facebook except i mean i like to share my kids and you know their stories but every once in a while i toy with the idea of like you know what i just probably need like a social media break i want to be off facebook for a while but I do run a, a fitness group with several close friends. We've made that a very small, small, small group just to make sure that we keep on top of each other to keep our fitness up. And then life in the fasting lane, I want to be there for that because it's my group. So I don't want to abandon somebody that's just starting out or has questions. And I want to be as helpful as I can because that's what I needed when I started. A hundred percent. Yep. We all face stress in our daily lives. What if the answer to a better stress response is in one key nutrient? I'm talking about magnesium and specifically magnesium breakthrough by by optimizers. This one-of-a-kind product is designed to reverse low levels of magnesium, which could have a positive effect on our stress response. But don't take my word for it. Here's a quote from a 2020 issue of the scientific journal Nutrients. Results suggest that stress could increase magnesium loss, causing a deficiency, and in turn, magnesium deficiency could enhance the body's susceptibility to stress, resulting in a magnesium and stress vicious circle. I only recommend Magnesium Breakthrough by Bioptimizers. It's the only organic full-spectrum magnesium supplement that includes seven unique forms of magnesium for stress resilience and better sleep. Simply go to bioptimizers.com slash ifstories, promo code ifstories10 to get your magnesium breakthrough and find out this month's gift with purchase. That's bioptimizers.com slash ifstories, promo code ifstories10. If you've been listening to my podcast for a while, you know what a fan I am of Dr. Tim Spector and the work he's doing with Zoe. I was first introduced to his work in 2015, and I've been following his research ever since. What I love most about the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast is that they have weekly interviews with world-leading experts who explain how their latest research can benefit your health. Recently, I was thrilled to finally meet him face-to-face as we recorded an episode for the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast, and this episode aired on on April 11th. We had a chance to talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study, and I had the opportunity to explain the clean fast to Jonathan, which may explain why he didn't enjoy his prior experiences with fasting. Search for Zoe Science and Nutrition on your podcast player or on YouTube to hear the latest episode, and don't forget to look for the April 11th episode to hear me, Tim, and Jonathan talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study. Yeah. And I'm really enjoying the off Facebook platform that we have. We moved it really by the time this episode comes out, it will have been at one year since we made the move off of Facebook, like almost to the day, really. We moved it and the the place we moved it to, the Delay Don't Deny Social Network, had really bad technological problems that didn't become apparent till the longer we were there, like three months in, the live feed stopped working. And like, you know, you kind of need the live feed to work, but it like stopped working. So notifications stopped working. So we we pivoted. We're now on a platform called Circle. And if if you ever want to leave Facebook, like like if, for example, one of my fears, you know how Facebook, you know, cracks down on what they consider to be bad information. I was concerned they might decide fasting was bad information. You know, like it only would take like one bad story of someone having a bad outcome from fasting for them to decide this is not safe, no more fasting groups, and then it would be gone. So that was one reason why I made the move. So we're on Circle and it's a great place to have a community. We moved there about a month ago, and it's just, it doesn't have any of the technological problems we had from the other one. And it's really affordable. So you could move a group there and it's not expensive, just oh, in case anything ever happens. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, and I don't, I haven't really heard any bad fasting, you know, fasting stories. Like some people don't lose weight with it right away, but I wouldn't consider that a negative because I think you have to understand what's going on inside your body that there are, there's going to be some kind of positive with it, unless you're taking it to a place of like an eating disorder. Or well, see, and that's the thing. I, I think that it could, you know, if you look at some of the stuff that's out there, you know, there are people doing, you know, like, I don't know, 21 day fasts or like doing a seven day dry fast or something. And, you know, those, those practices are not safe. And then, you know, it only takes, 
some something bad happening for the whole thing to get kind of tainted. And, it, you know, I don't think fasting is dangerous, certainly not the way we practice it. But you just never know what the perception might be like, you know what, we can't have any more of these groups close them all and they could just bam do it in one second they did that with a lot of essential oil groups from what i understand oh i'm sure yeah i could see that happening too because you think that it's gonna be some kind of like healing power and it, i guess if you if you know people like them and they believe in them and i have you know several friends that still use them regularly but that wasn't for me <laughs> well it's so. just a matter of you know we've always been so very careful in our groups not to give medical advice to people but you might find another group somewhere where they're like come here fasting will cure your cancer stop your chemo or some nonsense like that you know we don't make those recommendations for people so anyway that was that was the fear so your group has been going along since 2017 and how, how big has it gotten uh, it's up to 1400 people which is a really big group for me out of all the groups I've ever run for any kind of fitness anything thing but like I said now with that name that's how they're finding me and it just keeps growing so it's fun like I said it's a quiet group there's not a whole lot of posting it's not like your group you know is where people are posting all the time and doing face-to-face Fridays and stuff but I do try and keep people up to date with what I'm doing I do like to experiment with different fasts and if I'm doing something for myself and it worked or if people are curious about like the 72 hour fast. I've done several of those. Uh, so I always post when I'm when I'm in the middle of doing those. There's a schedule for an up day down day that you do 42 hours starting Sunday night. And sometimes I'll run like a small on the side group just saying, hey, if you want to do this with me this week, I'm doing, I'm starting Sunday night and we'll be done by Saturday at one o'clock. And so, you know, some people are like, yeah, I want to try that. And I just try and keep them motivated through those type you of You mean fast. you're done by you're done by Tuesday? So you start to... the the picture shows you start Sunday night at seven o'clock and you go forty two hours. So you go from to one o'clock Tuesday, yep. Right. Okay. Cause you said Saturday and I was like, I'm really confused. So yeah, I'm sorry. Yes. Yeah. So <laughs> okay. you okay. go the the forty two hours. Right. And then So you're basically having mealless Monday. Yes. But then you do it three times that week. So you eat Okay, so you you're doing Tuesday. four three. Yep. You do Tuesday, okay. you eat, then you go back on your forty two hours. So you eat again Thursday and then Saturday is the last Okay. Your other meal day. So it's kind of an every other so it's a four three eating. schedule. Yeah. Yep. 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 So that's what we I've done that one several times and I've always gotten really good results, like just losing that extra five pounds without for the week without having to starve myself all week long. I do like doing the 72 hour fast. I try and get one of those done, one in the fall, one in the spring, or if I'm just feeling extra yucky from a vacation or something, I might come home and do a 48 hour fast. But for the most part, I really like OMAD and I like doing the 20 and four. That works best for me. It keeps my sanity. Just to be yeah, like, you know, I get it. That I have not taken a day off eating since 2016. <laughs> I keep thinking, you know, maybe one day I'll do another one. But I love that you said you stick to the 72-hour fasts once a quarter or once a season because it can get to be too much. You know, overfasting is a thing. You know, here here in America and I don't know, maybe all over the world now, but we tend to think, you know, if if this is good, then more must be better. And we can get caught up in doing too much. So that that's, yeah. But it sounds like you're not. You're but really I've, balancing. Yeah. Well. And I've, I've always felt good after a 72 hour. I went 100 hours one time like last year. And that was only because with my work, my work makes it really challenging sometimes to have something like a good, something good to break your fast with. So I was coming oh, off I of a, that. I, yeah. I, it's easy for me to fast for a three-day trip because there's my 72 hours and I just know I'm not going to eat any yucky airport food. I don't have to worry about crappy food at the bar when we get to our, you know, our hotels. And I just cut all that out and I take my coffee and my water in my cooler for three days. And I like club soda. I don't like drinking plain water. So when I do these fasts, I, I literally pack an entire cooler of like a concentrated coffee so I don't have to drink our airplane coffee and you know because you just never know what kind of you know what what it's going to taste like on different planes just because the water quality sometimes so I pack all that and at that time when I was doing my 72 I was it was like I was ending at like 10 o'clock at night and I thought gosh I really don't want to eat something super heavy at 10 o'clock at night I'm just going to drive home go to sleep 
and then I'll eat something in the morning and I get home and there just wasn't anything that was super appetizing that I wanted to break this really great fast that I had going. So I went to the store and I got what I wanted to eat. And by then I was like, well, geez, I'm at 98 and a half hours. Let's just roll it up to a hundred. But I haven't gone back to that. If I do a 72, it's usually just the one time in the fall and then the one yeah. time in the spring. So now I do want to, my little medical disclaimer is anybody who's doing fast longer than 72, I recommend that you do it under medical supervision just to be safe. Yes. But yes, mine was fine. not supposed to be that way. <laughs> It just, just happened. Sometimes like I'm, I'm driving home and McDonald's isn't what I want to break my fast with. It's like, I don't want, I mean, I love a good fish fillet, but that's not what I want to put in my body after it's been detoxed. Or yeah, yeah, I feel like that might would go right through you. <laughs> exactly. Or Be a bad that, situation. That uh-uh. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. You got to be careful. If you do a longer fast, you need to refeed gently. Like you don't want to just throw in a you know a steak. Yes, <laughs> necessarily I, unless you're carnivore, I guess you would. Um, but Thomas Delauer, he has a lot of those YouTube videos out, and he has a very short extended fast. Because usually, if I do them and I post in my group, somebody's gonna be like, "Why are you doing that? That can't be healthy." And I think his very short, like six minute video, really gives a good explanation of what your body's doing for those longer fasts. And so, and he does talk about going to refeed, you know, avocado, some grilled chicken, don't put a bunch of junk in your body right away. And so I've always tried to adhere to that, but you don't always get that on the road. So sometimes yep. I just, and you know, to- really, now that you mention it, I, I said steak, but really, honestly, somewhat steak sits heavy on my stomach, but it might be the right thing for somebody else. You just want to break it gently with something that like, I, I think Melanie and I were talking we recorded a podcast yesterday and we were talking about um, the old blood type diet. Do you remember the blood yes. type diet? I asked my doctor one time and she goes, you know, what are you going to start that diet? Because that's the only time anybody cares about what their blood type is. And that's so funny. That's it. Well, I, I don't believe that blood type is the key to your diet necessarily. But we were talking anecdotally about how, you know, she was talking about her protein intake. And I'm like, what's your blood type? And she said, oh, and I'm like, doesn't surprise me because that was, you know, the meat, the meat eaters of the type O, according to that theory. And she said that people with type O tend to have higher levels of like stomach acid. I'm like, well, that makes sense then, actually, why you might do better with meat. Wasn't her diet for a while like just smearing coconut oil on top yes, of a rotisserie chicken? chicken. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I Anyone her- who doesn't listen to the intermittent fasting podcast has missed that. But yes, she she does coconut oil on a chicken. Well, that's my kissing out because because I found Melanie and then I found her podcast is how I stumbled upon you. And so listening to you both, there was just, I really think that you guys have a good combination, a good dynamic for that podcast. And I haven't listened to that one in a while because I kind of switched over to the, the success stories. I really wanted to hear everybody's success with it. For the longest time, I didn't even read your book because I had already started my group. I had already done all the research. I, you know, I already felt like I knew everything. And yeah. And so I was like, okay, you know, and just on a whim, I was like, I'm going to read it and just see if there's anything I'm missing. And I went right back to my group and I was like, if you think that you know it, cause you're already living the life, please go back and read this book. There are things that you actually learn, even though you might have been doing intermittent fasting for a long time. It's still something that I feel is really good for people to read. And it's just a really simple book. I always carry a, a copy of it in my work bag, because when people know what I'm doing, they want to know more information. And if we're going to be on a three day trip together, and they're really wanting to know what it's about, I'm like, here, here's this book, just give it to me at the end of our trip. And, you know, see what you think. And so we do that, you know, I do that a lot with people just trying to get them started on the lifestyle. So I love that, you know, it's it is it's a very simple read. It's a quick read. Have you by chance read Fast Feast Repeat yet? Have you I have that not. One? It's um that one's even more detailed. Yes, it's got it, a lot of it's got a lot more info. That one is on my Audible. It's like sixteen hours, okay. isn't it? It's really it's, long. it's a long one. Is it eleven? It might be eleven hours. Have you listened to parts of it yet? I've, I've it's listened. A lot to, of yep, I've listened to parts of it and I broke it okay. down. I used to, you know, when when COVID hit and the airports were just, I mean, empty. There was there was nobody in our airports. And there were times because our flights were being canceled left and right and we were being rerouted everywhere. There was one time I had like eight hours in Baltimore 
And I changed out of my uniform and into walking clothes. And I just started walking the airport. So I was listening to your book. I bought Delay Dalton and I on Audible. And I would just walk the airports and listen to it again, just because I was, like I said, I always felt like I got something else out of it by reading, you know, by listening to it. So I was always, you know, doing that walking the airports and people would crack up. I think that day in Baltimore, I walked almost 15 miles just walking. Yeah. Just walking the airport because they were empty and white. It's better than sitting down and watching Netflix all day. At least I was doing something. <laughs> so oh, absolutely. Sometimes people ask which book would I recommend, Delayed on Deny or Fast Feast Repeat. And I always recommend Fast Feast Repeat as my number one. Like I, it's better. I think it's better. It's a better book because, well, it's not even just that. When I wrote Delayed on Deny, it was the end of 2016 or I wrote it in 2016. The Obesity Code had just come out. I had been running Facebook a Facebook group for one year. So that is how much I knew. <laughs> I was I was a year-ish into maintenance, and I'd been running the group for a year, and the obesity code had been out less than a year. Well, over the next few years, the groups got bigger and bigger. We learned more. And I also became more confident in my thoughts about, you know, the more research that I did, the more I saw actually what people were doing in real life. And so all that translated into updated advice and fast feast repeat because it's not identical advice. Delayed on denial gets you there, but fast feast repeat is a little more of like, you know, why? Why is this? And I have that frequently asked questions section in the back because Lord knows, you know, after running a Facebook group, mm-hmm. you get the same questions yep. over and over again. Over and over again. Yep. So they're all in that and frequently asked questions section. It's always like lemon and what kind of tea and gum. And things like that. Like my husband, he can do a fast and he chews gum all day long. And of course, like a week later, he's like, I lost 10 pounds this week. And I'm like, of course you did. <laughs> Chewing gum and doing whatever. But years ago, I gained I gained a lot of weight when I uh, first started working for Southwest. I gained about 50 pounds that first year. And we got I got, got I had been invited, excuse me, I had been invited on a like a it was called a regatta. And so it's just a sailing group that goes around in the, in the Virgin islands. And I was at my heaviest at that time. And I was like, Oh my God, I have, I have like four months to lose this weight. So I did this crash diet. I drank coffee with creamer all day long and crystal light. And then at night I would have a salad and sure enough, within four months I had lost like 35 pounds. Right. And I was really, that is a like extreme low calorie yes, diet, right? Yes, exactly. But you're missing out on those right. fasting benefits I did. that the clean fast would give you. I was like, yeah. where was this in my life in 2004 when I'm literally white knuckling it all day long because I'm dumping so much creamer in my coffee and the crystal light is just triggering all kinds of insulin. You know? <laughs> but at the time, I just knew that I had to restrict calories to lose the weight. And I never went back up to those numbers again, unless I, unless I was pregnant, but I had kind of been through all the different diets. And I always like to hear what other people have done to lose weight. My thing back long time ago was the ephedra pills. I was, I was popping those things like Pez, like <laughs> that was, <laughs> I that, bought those, yeah. you know, I do, do you know who Dr. Amen is? He does that brain research. He's he like always scans people's brains. I read his book. I actually saw him speak in, gosh, what year was it? 2006 at the brain-based learning conference. He talked about children's brains and ADD and how they could scan them and they look different, which was fascinating to me as a teacher, but he had a book about dieting in your brain and he showed a type of brain that responded really well to these diet pills like phenamine and probably ephedra and I'm like that must be my brain because that was when I was doing the whole experimenting with diet pills thing that I got from the doctor but it like our brain chemistry whatever it was like really that that respond we responded to that well I have a I have the audible the original Melanie's book and I'm sure you've heard it or read it but there's a part in her book where she talks about having diet pills and then pulling them off the shelf <laughs> and she's like and my brain just thought well these must be good and treasured like she, they were right, like I the, coveted bot- the coveted bottle of pills that she had gotten that were that were pulled off the shelf she was like well these must work then if they're taking them off 
shelf i'm gonna buy them all and i'm gonna get like, them are all you a seinfeld they... fan are you a seinfeld watcher i i, I watched a, enough of the episodes like i usually know like the it's like elaine ones. with the, the sponges yes yeah, it's like you're gonna have to get all of them <laughs> and that's kind She's of going around to the pharmacies trying to find all the sponges yeah i that's how i was at gnc when they said um i yeah. my the one i took was hydroxy cut and i yeah i would buy i mean and i was taking nine pills a day because you could take up to three before each meal. And me and my girlfriend, we were both taking those the same amount. And we were at the gym all the time and, you know, just killing ourselves trying to be thin. And then when we heard that they were taking the good stuff out of the pill, they were now going to be caffeine pills, like Dexatrim or something. (laughs) And we went running to GNC, like, do you still have them here? (laughs) Get as many as we can. (laughs) Like, there's a reason why, there's a reason why they're taking them off there. But I had such a hard time figuring out my body after that. I don't know what damage they did to my metabolism or anything, but they were really like cheap pills. You could just, I couldn't eat whatever I wanted, but I, I know that when they, when I couldn't take them anymore. And then it was only like a couple years later that I became a flight attendant and my schedule was different. And my, your diet is just so different when you're depending on hotels and airports for food. You really have to sit there and learn how to pack a really good food bag. But then that also kind of makes you the person that's not going downstairs to be social after work because you're going to eat your chili out of your food bag. It's like, no, I'm just going to go to my room and eat this turkey sandwich. And so you kind of have to find a balance in that. And it can really it can really be hard for a lot of us in the industry to Especially if you're social, because I mean, I, I'm predicting you're a social person, so you would like to be hanging out with everybody else wherever they are after you're finished. It right? is not and in your room eating a turkey sandwich. Yep, it's like I want to be downstairs and I want to enjoy drinks after work and and things like that with the people I'm working with, and and then of course the food that's there. It's like oh, they have you know 25 cent wings or whatever their the special is for the crew. And so you end up just eating a lot of junk. So that's why this diet did really help a lot because I was finally out of that mindset of counting calories. And um, I do try to be, I always say I'm aware of my calories. I know that if even in four hours, if I eat a cheeseburger with wings and have two or three glasses of wine, that my calorie count is probably going to be pretty high opposed to a nice salad. It's too much food for your body. Yeah. And then to yep. cram it all in in that little time, and you just feel miserable. So there's been a lot of like little learning curves along the way. Yeah, well, you know the the saying, just because we don't count calories doesn't mean calories don't count. Now unpacking that, right? I still would not ever recommend counting calories because calories are our bodies don't like just respond to a calorie the same exact way, right? You know, like cheeseburgers, fries, wings, and wine are going to be treated very differently in the body than other foods. Some things hyper palatable, they make you eat more, the ultra processed foods, some things are more easily stored than other things. And some things like I, um, in cleanish, I talk about a study they did with ultra processed foods versus real foods. And they, they took people and they, they put them in two groups. One group got the ultra-processed foods. They could eat as much as they want. The other group got real foods. And then they, they swapped them. They did vice versa. And the, when they were eating the ultra-processed foods, they, they weren't counting anything. They weren't restricted. They were just told to eat as much as they wanted and then stop. In the ultra-processed foods time, when, the, when both groups were doing it, they ate more during the ultra-processed foods time because their appetite hormones were all out of whack they didn't get the satisfied feeling. They ate more. They gained weight. Then when they were eating the real foods, they naturally, their appetite hormones went down. They ate less without counting a single thing. But they did, quote, eat fewer calories. So someone might say, well, that just proves the calories. It's only the calories. Well, no. I mean, it's the appetite. It's everything working together, letting your body, you know, work the way it's supposed to. Yeah, I went through like a phase oh, a couple of months ago where I wanted to cut out sugar. And I'm always trying to get my kids to eat healthier. I mean, like that's just what we do as moms. Like I don't want them eating all this junk. And I guess, it, you know, even though the fruit, it's natural, it has natural sugar. I'm always trying to get them to figure stuff out. And my son, he's eight. He is better about trying vegetables. My daughter, Charlie, who's six, 
she is absolutely not going to try a vegetable and you're not going to be able to pay her any amount of dollars, quarters, whatever, to get her to try it. She likes corn and that's all she'll eat as far as a vegetable goes. I you know, cleaned out the whole kitchen and I cleaned out everything. And I was like, we are being sugar-free. We're going to be a sugar-free family. And it was just next to impossible. I drove myself crazy trying to find things that they'll eat because sugar is just in everything, all that processed food. I mean, and you know, I like it's, it's horrible. And I even brought a salad to my friends, like a grill out. It reminds me of you bringing your spaghetti to the holiday. I, I did that the like two months ago. I was like, I'm really trying to hard to not have a lot of sugar. So I brought this pre-made salad I made, you know, of course everybody around me is having like this delicious food and sandwiches. And I'm like, no, I'm going to stick to this. I'm going to, for one month, I'm going sugar free. And I didn't make it a month. I think I made it two weeks. And I was like, you know what? This is too hard. <laughs> well, you can't have like condiments and yeah. stuff. <laughs> I'm looking at everything. Every label I'm looking at, deli meat. And right. I went down this crazy rabbit hole of, of watching all these YouTube videos about sugar and how it affects our body. And one thing I did take away from that is that I, I told my husband, like, we are not stopping at McDonald's anymore. It's it's too convenient when we're traveling. And that's usually the only time we eat McDonald's is when we're taking the kids on the road and we're going somewhere. It's like, oh, there's there's the Golden Arches. That's where we're going to go get. And I watched enough videos on McDonald's. I was like, OK, we're going to find a subway. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, mean, I don't know how much better it is, but I feel I feel better giving my kids and they love Subway, so it's so, well, and it's not fried. Yeah. You know, it's not. You know, yeah, it's, it's definitely a step up. It is. Right? I mean, I hope that their their bread doesn't last for you know a year on your counter. Well, it's hard and to not know. Mold. I'm hoping because <laughs> that's what I heard happened to the McDonald's buns, and I was like, that can't. Well, that it's can't true. Be I remember finding like an old McDonald's burger half eaten under the seat of the of the van back when the boys were little. I was driving a minivan. And also fries under there, and they just looked petrified, but they didn't look moldy. No, they did not. Mold. They dried out mm-hmm. and petrified. Yeah, and I just sit there and give my kids those chicken nuggets, and really, they just want the Happy Meal toy. But they are always so excited about McDonald's, and I was like, we can find other things on the road that can be maybe a little bit healthier, hopefully. But it is hard. It, that was a hard, hard diet. I was like, I think I'm just gonna go back to my regular way of intermittent fasting, where. <laughs> I just eat the foods I like. So I'm back to weekends and cheese crackers. I consider myself cleanish, right? You know, cleanish. And when it comes to, I love, for example, I love Triscuits. Mm -hmm. So I will either buy organic Triscuits. I love the dough. Oh, I I haven't tried the Oh, they have a dough one and it's my favorite. That one and they have a rosemary olive oil. Those are my two. I do like the rosemary olive oil. I don't like, there's one of them I don't like and I accidentally bought it one time and I was like, no, I don't remember, but (laughs) I don't know, but I, I will buy organic Triscuits. If, if I can, if they don't have organic Triscuits, sometimes they have another brand that are like Triscuits that are organic. So I'm still getting, you know, the, the key to me with being cleanish is it has to have all the satisfaction. So like an organic Triscuit or another brand that's like Triscuit that's organic, that, you know, checks the same boxes. I don't feel like I'm missing out. Mayonnaise, though, I'm still eating Dukes because there's no <laughs> there's no clean mayonnaise that I don't eat a ton of mayonnaise. Right. You know, I can't think I, I probably hadn't had mayonnaise in, I don't know, a month, maybe more. But when I do, it is Dukes. Yeah, I, like I don't care if mayonnaise. it's, you know, clean. It goes right on hmm? my, my subways. I'm always like extra mayo. Like that's what I want. Yeah, I, I, like I do too. love mayo. And, and I've tried all the others, you know, the clean brands. They're just they're just not as good. No, so not. you always have to have your brands like, you know, in like certain so we don't have Dukes up here, I don't think. Yeah, it is. I, I realized today that when I went shopping, I grabbed another thing of ketchup. And when I went to put it away, it, I have three. And so I, I think I need to be more aware of what I'm buying and what I what I have. Well, I was doing like the sugar-free ketchup for a while because everybody's like, oh, there's so much sugar in it. And it's like, I, yeah, no, I can't do that one anymore either. So I've learned well, my lessons over the years. organic. I'm good to go. And I, I again, I also can't think of the last time I used ketchup. Yeah, I'm not a big catcher. I think I was making a, one of those meal delivery, meal kit delivery, and the, it had some, the seasoning. I think I, that's exactly what it was. They they sent like this, some kind of sauce that was supposed to go on top of this meatloaf, and I tasted it, and it was so bland, I added some Heinz ketchup to it. That's the last time I've used ketchup. <laughs> 
I used to be. She sounds like little Jen, honestly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like the way she eats. She eats there's like, hope. She's very specific about what, what she likes and everything. So um, I don't know. Hopefully she grows into some other tastes. That she, she will. Likes. Yeah, I hope so. She will. <laughs> she will. There's hope for her. You know, Cal, I've talked about before. He used to be so picky. He only ate beige foods when he was a toddler, like literally. And now he's like... He's like not a hundred percent a vegetarian, but he's married to a vegetarian, so he's he's a vegetarian at home, probably most of the time. But you know he'll eat meat sometimes. I mean he did last year. Maybe he doesn't now. I haven't seen him because he's in San Francisco. They're coming home. He is. He loves it there, and that's where the tech industry is. So, you know, I'm coming to terms with he's probably always going to be out there unless the tech industry moves somewhere, and that's where he'll be. But he he. It is very expensive. His, yes, his, well, it is expensive to visit. Yeah, his apartment, they live in this tiny little apartment, is the same per month as our mortgage payment, and we got a 10-year mortgage. Yeah. <laughs> so that tells you how expensive Yes, it is. it's like New York. You know, but, right. But, yeah, San Francisco, they really think that there's something great out there for how the little, like, the little space that they have here on Earth. <laughs> They really cram a lot of people into that one little tiny area. So, but But he loves it and his tastes did change as he got older. So there's hope, like I said, in mine too. And he's the one that did window for you, right? He's the one that. What? He's the one. Yep. Yep. He's the one who made window. That's right. Yep, Yep. He made window. So. Yeah, let's circle back to the beginning of your of your intermittent fasting journey when you started in 2017. We never talked about, you know, did you how much weight did you need to lose? How much did you lose? Um, so my my happy weight, I'm five seven, so I can balance out a few like you know five ten pounds pretty easily. Um, my happy weight was always kind of my wedding weight, which was 137, is when I got married. So I think we always feel best, you know, on our wedding day. And I had done Weight Watchers to get all the way down to 137. And when I started intermittent fasting, I was up to 158. So the goal was always to get back down to that wedding weight. And I did pretty much in the first couple of months. And then I bounced between 137 and 143. Me and uh, two girlfriends, we always say that that 143 just kind of haunts us. Like you just can't get, you know, under it. And so my body really settled at 143, but I would do like maybe either a long fast or I would reel in like what types of food sometimes I was eating to try and get back down to that 137. Let's face it, people have different sleep needs. While you love your partner, sleeping next to them might not always be the most comfortable. Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs, so you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Maybe you prefer a firmer mattress and your partner needs something softer. Because of the individualized comfort that you get from Sleep Number Smart Beds, you and your partner will sleep better together. All Sleep Number Smart Beds feature cooling, pressure-relieving comfort layers for soothing sleep, throughout the night. And their temperature balancing bedding is designed to move heat and moisture away when you're hot. When you're cool, they hold their energy to help warm you. The smart beds even automatically respond and adjust to your movements so you sleep comfortably all night long. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards only at a sleep number store or sleepnumber.com what makes a life a good one is it the adventure you have or the friends you find along the way maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect defend and save what you believe in every single day so what makes a life a good one in the coast guard we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. And I was I was still pretty happy there. I think even at 143 is still a pretty good weight for me. And I'm like around 146 right now, 147. So my weight does bounce around a lot. Last year, I had decided to not quit drinking, but I'm a big Prosecco and red wine lover. <laughs> and I decided to stop drinking unless it was a Friday or Saturday. And so I, it, I reeled it back. I didn't drink on my overnights anymore. 
and I was still eating all the same things. And within not even three months, I had lost another 15 pounds, which put me at like 125. And I felt great. And I still was drinking on the weekends with my friends and being social. And I was still eating cheeseburgers and what I wanted to. I do work out every day around half hour. I, I started really focusing on weights. And so at my age, I'm uh, 44. Uh, I think that weights are really important for us instead of just pounding the pavement with cardio and my knee and my hips, they just can't take another like marathon or another running, but what I used to do. And so people were, you know, messaging me They're like, what are you doing? You're, you're taking this fasting way too far. You shouldn't be fasting as much. I was like, this isn't fasting. This is me not drinking every night. <laughs> so it just, my body is really took to that. And that was in like March or April of 2020. And so when people are like, oh, I'm home more and I'm gaining weight, I was like right on point. And then summertime hit and I started drinking a little more just because it's nice outside and we're on the deck more. And um, I gained a little bit of it back. And then my sister um, suddenly passed away in August and and I just spiraled real quick. So it didn't take much because it was August and then we have all the holidays and holidays without her those first times. And so my weight and how I was coping with the loss of her, I just, I couldn't, I couldn't catch it enough to, to figure out. And fasting, I hate using the word control because I don't like it being put in like something that you can control. I don't know what other word I would use for fasting, but it was something that I felt at that time in my life, I still had some kind of control over because my emotions were so, I was so upset. And so it was something that was like an old friend, like, okay, this- Well, it's a clear boundary, yeah, right? Like, you're not eating or you are eating. Yeah. That's why it's it's so helpful. It's just a boundary. Because like right now I'm fasting, I'm not gonna put that in my mouth. And then later your window's open and and that's it, it. It's just really easy to know whether it's yes or no. Versus if you're just eating all day, it's like there's no boundary. Yeah, like I'm gonna eat it because it's there. And it's been you know a year now since that's happened, and we've gone through a lot of changes just here at the house. We, my niece moved in with us for a little while, and now she's back with her stepdad and back at her old school. But we had, you know, a lot of things that came along the way that just didn't make life normal all the time. And we were just kind of trying to all find our way without this person in our life. And so for me, I wasn't losing weight and I was fasting just when I could, when I could get a good one in, I would, I would try. And if I couldn't do it that day, I didn't worry about it, but my weight did go back up because I wasn't being consistent. And like I said, my, my coping mechanisms, just, they weren't healthy for me. And so right now I'm bouncing between, I like to always weigh myself in brackets because of our water weight. So I always say, right. If I, so you've got like your fluctuation yeah, range. Yeah. I'm always like, you know, weigh yourself in like a five pound bracket. So if you're, you know, like for me, I like to be 137. So if I can be at that bracket of 135 to 140, then I just give myself that grace of that day of, you know, looking at a number that is somewhere in there. And so my, my, goal is to get back down there. And I feel like I'm finally kind of getting a good grasp on that and getting back down. So I feel a lot better when I fast. I like the energy I have. It always feels like when I eat, especially on the airplane, if it's in the middle of the day and I decide to break my fast, I am instantly tired. I'm like, oh, how am I going to get through this next flight? Like I'm, I shouldn't have had that because I had so much energy before it. So I do try to not eat before my drive home or my drive to work. And I try not to eat while I'm working because for me, that's what food will do to me after a really good fast, you know, at 18, 19 hours. Yeah, I would be the same way. I, yeah, I would not want to be working on my feet, going up and down the, the plane aisles. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a crazy, it's a crazy job right now. Everybody's back on the planes, though. So there's, we have full yeah, planes I just again. Fl- I f- flew twice just recently. It's, you know, we're recording this in October of 2021 and I flew to Nashville and back and then I flew to Arizona and back and yeah everything was packed yep it's packed I was on Delta yep and we all you are still on full masks and you know but most of the time our passengers are really awesome but you have those few that you hear about in the news they make it they make it interesting 
So <laughs> I can imagine because people flying and traveling is just so very stressful for a lot of people. Not everybody, but you know, it's it's going through the lines. Am I in the right place? Yeah. By the time they get they to me, they're to? exhausted. Yeah. They're just you know, they're, they're like we've been up with our kids since three to get this five a.m. flight, and they've just been put through the ringer. And all they want to do is just sit down and you know sleep. That's why I like to do the, the morning flights. <laughs> it's a it's a different crowd in the morning than what you get at three in the afternoon. <laughs> so I like to do those. I would ones. bet so. No, yes. oh, absolutely. Everybody's real awake. <laughs> My at flight was really early and. <laughs> Arizona and I, f- I forgot that it was early because you know how it sh- your itinerary will show up on your phone in your time zone that you're in so I was like oh I'm leaving my flights at 10 something no big deal then I'm in Arizona and I'm like wait a minute this flight is at 7 30 in the morning yeah yep <laughs> what's wrong with me uh-huh. why did I plan well that? I was glad when I got the text for the, um for the podcast because I had it in my head two o'clock two o'clock two o'clock but in Iowa, it's one o'clock. So it's yeah, like, don't time forget zones. this is Eastern we, time. And I was like, oh, yeah. I'm glad I got that text because I that's not where my brain was at. That's so funny. But it's true. Time zones mess me up. But you are like the, probably the pro at the time. Yeah, zones. I, it doesn't. It did, yeah, I've my body's adjusted to that. I'm never like, oh, my time is unless I'm doing a really late p.m. trip. Like um, Wednesday, I'll be going to Spokane. And I looked and my trip was in local time. I was like, oh, we get there at 1130. It's not that big of a deal. And then I was like, oh, my God, it's going to be like 130 my time. I'm going to be so tired because I'll be commuting in that day. I'll have to get up and get the kids ready at six in the morning and and get them off to school. And then I'll drive four hours to Chicago and then I'll work to Spokane. <laughs> I'll, be, I'll be pretty dead on my feet. Well, fasting will help. Yes, it fasting will. Fasting will help I'm you. Gonna, you know, that's going to be a full day fast because I think this week I'm going to try and do – the 43 hour up down day. Cause the girl I'm working with is a friend of mine. Our trip goes that three day trip. I said, do you want to do that? We'd be better if we did it together and had a little support system. So I think we're going to try and, and do the up down day this week and see how it goes. Love it. Yes. So how about, you know, any non-scale victories or health benefits that you've experienced? Not really. And I tried to think of that too. I was like, God, do I have any non-scale victories? I mean, obviously, I'm one of those people that has the gauntlet of clothes sizes and then everything, but I'm definitely a scale person. So I always know like what I can fit into at what weight. I don't think I've really had like any non-scale except for just, I'm happy to fit in certain clothes that I haven't been into for a while and everything. I do love the energy that I get from intermittent fasting. And like you were saying earlier, like this, you know, it's, it's not medical, like it's, it's not going to cure cancer, but I was always really hopeful that my sister would jump on fasting when she got, um, when her cancer came back, I was like, Ooh, get some long fasts in. Cause I think in my head, I think that it would be beneficial in some way. Well, you know, I want to clarify my statement. I, I wasn't saying that fasting could not have benefits. Like if I were diagnosed with cancer, I 100% would find an oncology team that understood about fasting and could possibly use that as part of my treatment plan. You know, it depends on your type of cancer. Some types of cancer respond better than others, and the experts would know that. I would not. But absolutely, I also have a hope that my intermittent fasting lifestyle will prevent me from developing cancers in general, right? So I'm, I'm not saying that there's no benefit, just that we have to be cautious. Yes. Yeah, she did fasting and it did work for her because the steroids for her chemo had let had gotten her kind of puffy and she had gained a lot of weight and it did help her um, lose some pounds and she did feel good when she did it. But I think after a while, you know, you just, when you're sick, you're sick and you just want to eat when you can. <laughs> She's like, I'm, I'm hungry today. And so, and her family doctor was, um, knew about fasting. She had lost like 50 pounds by intermittent fasting. So she really liked her doctor, but that wasn't her, um, chemo doctor. So I'm not sure how much he understood about it. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm glad that she found fasting to, to help her with that. But yeah, I think that fasting can really be helpful as an adjunct to chemotherapy. Mm-hmm. I know that's if, exactly that, what I would do. That, yeah. I would find out yeah, if, I, me too. That, if that was something that could be beneficial for, if I got diagnosed that, I just, I think it is a very, very healthy way for your body to detox and get rid of all that junk that, you know, especially if you're not eating a super healthy diet, not to say that you have to have a diet with fasting, but you know, if your lifestyle is like mine where I'm eating out a lot or my choices aren't always the best, 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. But there's that. But it's it's there as it's it's there as a preventative that hopefully it will keep us having a healthy life. That's you know the goal. I want to live a vibrant, healthy life, and I think fasting is a tool that will make it more likely. Yes. I agree. It can't solve all the problems. But <laughs> right. <laughs> right. You never know what problem it solved because you didn't have it. Right. So like people always ask me, do you think that fasting, you know, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, well, I don't know because I didn't live a life where I wasn't doing the fasting at this time. So I can't really know yeah. what it, it did. <laughs> I really wish I would have known about fasting in my 20s when I was young and, and you know, pounding the treadmill and doing all the things to, you know, to be thin and everything and I was like why didn't because at the time it was like six six small meals a day will keep your metabolism going and just you have to keep stoking that fire and it's like like why why didn't we know about it back yeah, exactly then? if you put in way too many logs if you keep putting logs in if you <laughs> right. clog up the fire yeah. <laughs> yes. let's think about that analogy everybody yes <laughs> it, exactly it's so true. So we are almost out of time. What would you tell someone just starting out with intermittent fasting or what do you wish you knew when you first started? Oh, you know, I I was one of those really lucky people that when I first started, it just worked really well for me. But people ask me all the time, like, how do I start? Or where do, what do I do? And, you know, their main complaint is I can't go X amount of time without eating. And I was like, well, start there, you know, start at, you know, start at 12 hours. If you can't go past 12 hours, do 12. And then after a week, try 12 and a half, go to, go to 13. And I'm like, your body will adjust. I mean, people think that I'm super crazy when I do longer fast, but I've been doing it for so long now. I can do it without white knuckling it through the day. Make a list of things that you want to get done in your house, books that you want to organize, whatever, and just keep yourself busy. I think that's the main key to get time to go by a little faster and ride the wave of hunger. I mean, your body is going to be really hungry. And if you can just kind of, you know, do something that keeps you busy, you'll realize that the next hour you're not starving anymore, that that moment's gone. And I always do tell them, you know, if they listen to podcasts, I do love the success story podcast. I always tell them about episode 50 Renee and Joel, it was a mother and son. Oh, yeah. Renee and Joel, they are amazing. I I always tell them to listen to that because his mom got results right away where he was like a college student and he's like, I just went to college. It was just easier for me. So I didn't have to eat, you know, between classes and he didn't lose any weight until like the seventh month. It's like, he goes, I didn't lose a single pound. And I tell people, I'm like, my highest weight when I started was 158 and I got all the way down to 125. I'm like, if I would tell you that this diet, you only lost maybe a pound a month, you wouldn't do it. You know, but to me, that's a 30 pound weight loss that I had. And so I'm like, I've been doing it for three years though, but I've also, I've also found a lot of success and a lot more freedom with what I, what I can eat. And I think that people really look for that too. They, they're so tired of doing the calorie counting and the containers and, you know, the Weight Watchers diets. They just want to eat what they want to eat. And I think there's a lot of um, food freedom with intermittent fasting. Yeah, we're tired of all that, yeah, aren't we? Yeah. And you can only do that for so long and then you're like, no, And you no, go crazy. I mean, that. I lost all my weight with both of my kids doing the containers and the calorie counting and everything. So I know those work, but they're, they just weren't sustainable for me. I just went crazy after a while. Went totally rogue. <laughs> well, Stacy, thank you so much for telling your story today. Yeah, thank you for having me. I loved it. Do you have an intermittent fasting story to tell? Email me at jen at intermittentfastingstories.com and I'll add you to the lineup. That's G-I-N at intermittentfastingstories.com. The world wants to hear your story. That's it for today. Remember, I may have a doctorate, but I'm not a medical doctor. So don't use anything you hear on this podcast as a substitute for medical advice. Please always check with your doctor or healthcare provider if you have medical questions. I'll talk to you next week, Fasting Family, where we will hear another inspiring story. Have a great week and fast on. Intermittent Fasting Stories is edited, mixed, and mastered by Resonate Recordings. To learn more, visit them at ResonateRecordings.com or email them at hello 
at ResonateRecordings.com. Intermittent Fasting Stories listeners will receive a free offer if you mention that you heard it on the podcast. Nancy's love story could have been ripped right out of the pages of one of her own novels. She was a romance mystery writer who happens to be married to a chef. But this story didn't end with a happily ever after. When I stepped into the kitchen, I could see that Chef Brophy was on the ground, and I heard somebody say, call 911. As writers, we'd written our share of murder mysteries. So when suspicion turned to Dan's wife, Nancy, we weren't that surprised. The first person they look at would be the spouse. We understand that's usually the way they do it. But we began to wonder, had Nancy gotten so wrapped up in her own novels... There are murders in all of the books. ...that she was playing them out in real life? You can listen to Happily Never After, Dan and Nancy, early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts.